The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. A few days earlier, uh, we had known, like, kind of the, the final, you know, four or five teams. We had an idea of who the final four or five teams were. So I had shirts for each team ordered just in case, you know, the situation arose. But we were trying to keep this so quiet that I didn't trust whoever at the packaging facility would not see my name on the package and put two and two together. And so I had my brother's high school friend order use his credit card and his address and he shipped the shirts to his house um and then i he brought them over to my house so that we can make this all happen so uh shout out to doug and uh, joe for making this happen i appreciate you guys <laughs> they're the they're the true brains behind the, the shirt that i wore it wasn't that smooth behind the scenes i'm not gonna lie talking seeing my friend joe try and figure out how to use amazon was a pretty nice treat in its own right Well, that sounds like the premise of a wacky sitcom episode. Hey, Wally, you think you could get Lumpy to order me some T-shirts? Right. (laughs) You know who Lumpy is? No, I don't know. You know who Wally is? No. All right, look it up. Wait, wait. Yeah, what is, is that, uh, Wally, is that Leave it to Beavers? What are you, what are you, what is it? Is it? Or no? Yeah. Lumpy was his friend. Lumpy was his friend who wasn't a complete and total phony jerk. Eddie Haskell was the guy who was always very complimentary to right. the adults, but always had some sort of a scheme going yeah, on. Oh, yeah, it was always yeah, right. I mean, aren't you impressed I just pulled that out there? I mean, that was only, what, 30 years before I was alive? I mean, you didn't even bat an eye. You were just like, yeah, okay, good. You got it. Like, geez, that was pretty good, I think. Pete told you. No, I swear. Key. I, I heard swear. Him. No, I promise. He went, he went in my ear and he went, bingo, out of date reference from Mike Florio. That's what he said in my ear. <laughs> I used to watch <laughs> Leave It to Beaver reruns. While getting ready for grade school. That's how old wow. that show is. And by the way, Drew Locke still looks like grown up Leave It to Beaver star Jerry Mathers. Yeah, still he does. does. I hear Hasn't you. Hasn't changed. Looks right. more like him now that he's even getting older. Right. Okay. 
Uh, Amazon got a free plug there too, just to let you know. Well, good job. Did he mention them. Amazon? Well, he said he, I thought he, they didn't know how to use Amazon. He had to like coach his friend how to oh. use it and do those things. Would you pay attention to the show today? I mean, what are you doing? Get well, your head I was, in the game. I was too busy. I was too busy trying to think of a sitcom I could compare those wacky capers to, where they get JJ's brother's high school friend to order the jerseys. So no one at the Amazon facility puts two and two together and tells TMZ. I mean, come on. Is that a realistic concern? I, I don't know. I mean, probably not. You're right. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't want to tip his hand or have it get out there. That's that's next level thinking. I won't lie. You're really. You're right. I mean, it, that's that's like Mike Florio cryptic conspiracy theory stuff right there. I wouldn't expect that from a man like J.J. Uh, Watt. But he wanted to protect his interests and and his uh, little secret there. And let me tell you, the more impressive effort by J.J. Watt, who could have just used his regular first name, and I don't think anybody would have put two and two together. I don't what know what his, his first name, name is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Something yeah. that starts with J, I think. Right. I but the, the thing that was more impressive is preventing his agency, CAA, from giving Shefty or Rap Sheet the five-minute heads-up that counts as journalism nowadays, where you tweet it five minutes before it's announced by the player or the team. That's far more impressive than getting lumpy to order the T-shirts. It, it, uh, it, well, yes, it is. But, you know, when you're J.J. Watt and you've given that agency and whoever represents him a lot of money and you tell them something, they, they probably listen because they know there's a lot more money to come. They, they're going to ride this, this train, this money train. They don't want to mess that up. Justin James Watt. So if you had seen, if you're, if I'm working at Amazon and I'm filling an order for an Arizona Cardinals t-shirt for Justin Watt, I'm not thinking it's JJ Watt. Are you? No, no, I'm probably not. No. And I would think that, you know, I don't know when you just think of Amazon, I, I, I think of these gigantic warehouses that it's just like, I don't Are people even boxing these things or are they machines? What's going on? I don't know. They got more I think money. they individually box them. They do. I think they, they, okay. at some point, human hands touch it, at least based upon Nomadland, excellent film that I watched the other night on a service that isn't Peacock, so I probably shouldn't mention it. Wow, cheater. It is a movie that's cheater. out there now. Wow. I mean, Cheating on your significant other. I can't other. only watch Peacock. I watch <laughs> Peacock all the time, except when I don't. That would be a good slogan for a T-shirt that I could order from Amazon under the name of Justin Watt. All right, let's get to it. Yep. It's PFT Live on a Wednesday morning. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. Here's more from Justin James Watt on why he selected the Arizona Cardinals and how much gas is left in that 32-year-old tank. The longer I looked at it, the more it just signs kept pointing back down here. You know, there's, there's a lot of exciting things about what's happening down here in Arizona. Um, I've always said in this league, you have to have a quarterback to have a chance, and there's a, a young, extremely talented quarterback here who can do big things and is going from year two to year three and can take an even bigger jump to continue to grow and progress and be even better. Um, then you've got, I mean, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league I'm obviously very familiar with. You've got a defensive scheme and, and that's led by Vance Joseph, who I was with my first three years down in Houston uh, when under Wade Phillips, and, and Vance runs a similar scheme to Wade, which is a scheme I'm very familiar with and very comfortable with and excited to play in. Uh, you've got guys like Chandler Jones and Buda Baker and, and guys all over that defense that are really young, excited guys, ready to get after it, ready to fly around and make some plays. So I'm just very excited to be here. And I'm also not going to lie to you, it doesn't hurt when it's 65 degrees and sunny outside when I woke up this morning. So it's pretty nice. 
Hey, uh, there's been so much talk, uh, excitement in the Valley about this, but also talk about how much gas you have left in the tank. So let's ask, how much gas do you feel like you have left in the tank? A lot. A whole lot. You know, the last time he was that short right. with uh, an interview question came when John McClain asked him something about one of the various games gone wrong for the Texans last year. And he was a little more perturbed then than he was yesterday. But you could tell he didn't want to go down that path of how much gas is in the tank. Trust me, it's a lot. And he left it at that. And and I don't doubt that there's gas in the tank. I just, from a dollars and cents standpoint, building a team, allocating resources, how much do I trust that a guy who plays a position where you're in that car crash mode every snap and you have made a career out of being double teamed and banged around and injury after injury after injury. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm saying yeah. he's incredibly brave and courageous because he puts himself in those positions where when you have that big body that's being hit by other big bodies, you're you're going to get injured. That That's a concern. That's a concern, and that's what makes it even more surprising that so much money was invested by the Cardinals in Justin James Watt. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, you you talk about the car crash stuff and all that. Like, J.J. Watt, is he's one of those defensive linemen that throughout his whole career, I mean, it's 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 sellout. It's pedal to the metal. And I, when I say sellout, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean he sells out and puts his body on the line every play. You know, he'll put his body in, you know, compromising positions to dive, you know, three gaps to the right to try to make a tackle on a running back. Or, you know, he'll go full speed and try to turn his body and split a double team and sometimes get smashed doing that. You know, that that's the one. He's not afraid to put himself in those vulnerable positions. It's what made him great. Um, now, the the thing about him and like, yeah, your your concerns and all that are real. There's no doubt about that. But. Here's like, you know, the other aspect, you know, not not to say he's like Tom Brady exactly, but for a defensive lineman, I mean, he's he's lives it. He's been on his game his whole career. It's he eats right. He trains right. It's all year round. It's never a thought of like, oh, I'm going to take a bunch of time off. I mean, he's always jacked. He's always in shape. We see the workout sessions on social media throughout the years and all of that. So from that standpoint, you know, there is good left in the tank. Is it going to be the good we saw five years ago where you just go, oh, my gosh, he's unblockable, uh, double teams, you can't even stop him? No, but it's still really damn good that he's going to add value to their defensive line for sure. And I think we talked about it a little yesterday with just other things that he brings to the table, that attitude you see right there, the professionalism, and of course the work ethic with a young team that he mentioned is, is going gonna, is gonna to wear off on those guys. Yeah, the leadership, the heart and soul of a defense that really doesn't have that one guy that stands out as the clear leader of the team. Another point that occurred to me after the show yesterday, we talked about it on PFTPM last night, Shereen Williams and I, this to me, for the Cardinals, suggests that they're bracing for Larry Fitzgerald to retire because J.J. Uh. Watt fills that void of having statesman, guy with gravitas, NFL man of the year. It balances out having Larry Fitzgerald walk away if that's what Larry Fitzgerald does. We still don't know what he's going to do, but it's March 3rd, and he hasn't said. He's never gone this long without saying, and it won't surprise me if he calls it a career. But if he's out, you've got a Larry Fitzgerald type of a figure, kind of a, a respected 
guy that everyone looks up right. to now that, that takes the place of the guy that everyone looks up to who potentially is going to be walking away. Well, I, I definitely think there's value in that. I mean, you're right. I never really thought about that or connected the dots, but that certainly makes sense. It does. Um, but, but, I, but I think more than anything, I go back to it's a, you know, it's a familiarity thing with the Vance Joseph, J.J. Watt, right? It's, hey, you know my system. Hey, you can sell my system to these guys. Hey, you know, show these guys how to work after practice and maybe show them how to get out early a little bit before practice when you start doing little technique things with your hands and all the hand fighting and all of those type of things. And there's a real need on their front seven like we talked about, not only for, you know, an F the play up, a guy that can disrupt and do all that, but I, I think, you know, what you just already mentioned, yeah, Booty, Buda Baker is a star. He's awesome. Um, but he is young, and maybe he's not a rah-rah vocal leader type guy. Chandler Jones, I've been around Chandler a lot. He's an awesome guy. He can be a dominating force on the football field. But he's a quiet personality in the locker room and off the field. He's great teammate. You love him. But I don't know if he's necessarily the guy that's like, hey, guys, let's get over here. Let me show you how to do this. And, hey, you could be better at that and do those type of things. And that's where I think J.J. Watt, the value uh, it, it, along with the play, it, is real there. And the Cardinals do need that. It was definitely in a, a need of improvement in that area for their football team. J.J. Watt talked about various other subjects, one of which is the guy who was left behind in Houston, the guy who Ooh. would like to get out of Houston, Deshaun Watson. Here's J.J. Watt regarding his former quarterback with the Texans. I love Deshaun. I love Deshaun. We speak often. Uh, he's an incredible player, but he's an incredible person. Uh, he's a special human being, and he's obviously unbelievably talented as an athlete, but he's also just a, a great person. And I, I tell him the one thing I want for Deshaun Watson is for him to be happy. He deserves it, um, and I want him to be happy. So whatever that looks like for him, that's what I want for him. Well, what it looks like is not playing for the Texans. I mean, that that is a very positive way of saying he should get traded because that's what's going to make him happy. That's one thing that we've established. That was the first storyline of the offseason. Right. I remember the day that I first caught wind of the talk that Deshaun Watson was telling his teammates he wants out, and that that really kicked it all off, and it went from there, and that was just a few days after the regular season ended. So if happiness for Deshaun Watson – is a trade, and it sure seems like it is, then J.J. Watt, ipso facto, wants the Texans to trade Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That just continues to percolate. And you have to wonder right. how much seeing the press conference and seeing that J.J. Watt is with the Cardinals, how much more that motivates Deshaun Watson to just crank up the, the pressure a little bit to yeah. move the thing toward a boil. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's a little bit of envy there from him when he's watching that yesterday. Like we we've hit on this before, but you know, again, I it speaks volumes to me, like volumes. JJ Watt is literally Captain America. He is like an awesome dude, an awesome teammate. He is not the type of guy that lets it be known that he's not happy within an organization and do those type of things. You know, he's gonna drink the Kool Aid and do that type of stuff. I mean, you already see it right here in the press conference. You saw it the day before in the squat rack with his T-shirt on and everything like that. He goes all in on his team and tries to be the right guy. So for him 
to want out of there. I, I just I think that's like it's like doo like red flashing lights everywhere. Like there's issues here, and he didn't want to be a part of it. And now he gets to go somewhere in Arizona that, hey, it's another young stud quarterback who can carry the team, and we both love watching Kyler Murray and doing all of that. Hopefully they can improve on that side of the ball. And then the defense, like we've we've hit on too, it's got some young talent and things like that. But, hey, last year they have to blitz too much and do those type of things to create pressure. And I'm sure Vance Joseph is, Joseph is like, man, I, I can't always keep blitzing and trying to find creative ways to drop out of coverage and do that. I'd like every now and then, you know, that my guys, my front four can just get to the quarterback. You know, and that that's how you can beat the Russell Wilsons of the world and those kind of great quarterbacks. Can't always be blitz. So there's a lot of value here, but that Texans thing I think just speaks volumes to the issues there. Chris, I also can't help but wonder whether yeah. or not JJ Watt decided to force the issue because he saw what was coming generally and for him specifically. We're gonna talk later in the show about guys who found out yesterday, veterans that we just assume are part of the fabric of their teams who won't be back with those teams this year because of this cap crunch. Right. Do we really think Nick Casario was going to look at the roster, the cap numbers, the cash charges for all of the Texans and not say this guy? Sure. This guy I have no relationship with. I have no attachment to. I have no role in getting him on the team or keeping him with the team. This guy who wears number 99 – Last name Watt, yeah. Justin James, seventeen point five million, and ain't gonna work this year. And and so I hear JJ you. takes the initiative, right. never gets squeezed to take less, and ends up with almost as much in Arizona. So I the dysfunction yeah. is well documented. Right. But I also think it was smart to get ahead of what he probably sensed was coming. Yeah, I, I I don't like totally disagree with you there. I think that's a really, I mean, it's a really good point. You're right. He got he got ahead of the game. I, I, I guess I could go two ways. I mean, obviously the Texans weren't like, oh no, stay. We'll try to figure out something else with the contract. Yeah, they're, they're a total rebuild. They got issues like we've talked about so many times. They got as many holes as any team in football. It's across the board. I, I will say though. Nick Casario, just in my time with them, and I think, you know, that New England way, they do like those type of players like J.J. Watt because it does help the culture of the football team. And, you know, he is a legend and the things he can do and that value. Like we've seen Belichick fall in love with those, you know, aging stars and try to come here and do that. So I bet you there was a little bit of a push and pull, but probably when they heard like, hey, he wants to go, they were like, all right, all right, yeah, you know what? It, it's okay. It's It wasn't a make-or-break player for our team at this moment. We have a lot of issues. Let's free up, free up some money and uh, see if we can't get some young talent in here and start trying to build something. Yeah, I mean, it's still 17 and a half. I yeah. can't imagine Casario wanting J.J. No. Watt at this stage of his career for 17 I wouldn't and a half so. million. Yeah. And, and a point that I made last night on PFTPM, and I'm not trying to equate J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson apples to apples because I understand. I mean, I'm not an idiot. There are many of other pieces of evidence that you could point to to say I'm an idiot. But on this, I realize Deshaun Watson is not a guy at this stage of his career that you just say, oh, you want to be traded. Oh, you want to be cut. You want to yeah, be whatever. Yeah. We're going to give it to you. Sure. No, they're not going to do it for him automatically like they would for a guy who's been a cornerstone of the franchise for 10 years and whose cap and cash 
figures just don't fit with where he is right now. But I'm convinced they could have gotten something for him from the Cardinals. I'm convinced if they'd have played it right. If the Cardinals are going to pay him, and we're still waiting for the final numbers. Yeah, right. Which, which the longer we wait, the more likely there's a, a little – a little bull something in with the bull salad yeah. when we look at the full Yeah, I'll be interested deal. to see that or the other offers that he might have got out there, yeah. But, but, but the only thing that's going to be undeniable is the actual numbers that yeah. get filed with the NFL and the NFLPA, which haven't been yet, which, again, it's the delay is deafening. But when you're getting close to the $17.5 million on average, it tells me that, that – and, and if the Cardinals were four – Four and a half million above everyone else per year because the other teams, multiple reports indicating, had him around 12. If you go, well, three and a half, 15 and a half, two years, 31, um, that tells me that maybe the Cardinals were sufficiently motivated to get this guy that they would have thrown something onto the pile, like in the way of a conditional pick for next year based on how many games he plays this year, how many games the Cardinals win this year, something like that. It just, yeah, okay. It, it, it just it underscores the favor they did for him. Because they could have gotten something. And again, Nick Casario, he, he's he's not a student of the school of let's just do players' favors. Yeah, you, right. No, he's treat not. Treat them like commodities yeah. that can be turned into some other commodity. Def, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's two things there. You know, one, I, I, I you know, I, I expect that, yeah, Arizona paid him, offered him a little bit more, significantly more than the rest out there. But – I think there was a real want, and you can feel that as a player when you know a team's attracted to you. So that's always feels good. We're like, wait, they're willing to spend more money on me. They're calling me more. They're more aggressive. Like they really want me. You know, he's telling his wife, like they really want me. Like the other teams, kind of like him and humming, and I don't know, and all that. So there is that aspect for him. And of course, then there's the Vance Joseph, you know, connection. And he's telling the organization all the things he can bring to the table, JJ Watt. So they're like, Oh really? Okay. He's like that. And all of that. And then, then the owner gets it. And he's like, well, he is JJ Watt and captain America. And you know, 99 in a red Jersey is going to sell a lot of tickets. And that's awesome too. I like that aspect. And then the other, the second thing I just say is I, you know, because you, you're right. I would expect they could have got what, late mid-round pick maybe, something like that for a J.J. Watt at this point of his career. But maybe they just didn't want to deal with another PR battle and a, like uh, uh, a public fight about, oh, uh, he really wants to get out of here and please trade me and get me the hell out of here and do that. So they just were like, you know, let's just go. He's been great. We got enough issues on our hands here. Let's not have to deal with this in the newspapers and everything like that. And maybe that was an aspect of why they just cut it free and let it go too. And by the way, and I'm reluctant to do this to you, and I don't want you to think I'm being it's mean okay. to you. I know that if I don't do this, I am going to get email after email from the Simsism Brigade. What did I say? Out there. You said hemming and humming. Yeah. It's hemming Hem and hawing. Yeah, right. Hemming, hemming and hawing. Yeah, I, mean, I knew humming. I was close. I knew I didn't come out quite right, but the speed You're of the morning. You're always close. <laughs> You're always close. Yes, I'm always close. 7.21 a.m. in the morning here on the East Coast. I can't get all my crap straight in my head, all right? Sorry. <laughs>
You got the you got the the H's H H for yeah. J J hemming and humming. I actually <laughs> like hemming and humming better than hemming and hey. hawing. I don't know what hemming and hawing means. It probably has something to do with a boat out in the water or something like that. Put it on know. my tabs. Put it origin, on my but, tab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also on the tab of the Arizona Cardinals is Justin James Watt. Rich Eisen had Steve Kime, the guy who got the deal done financially, on the Rich Eisen show yesterday. Here's Steve Kime talking about the recruitment of Justin James Watt. So so that happened um, almost immediately in terms of viewing the game film. H- how long has there been an offer on the table from Arizona to him that he said yes to, Steve? Well, I mean, it was, you know, the first offer was, I think, after uh, a few days. And uh, again, really, uh, when you look at J.J.'s history, I mean, the guy's never been recruited, you know, a, a walk-on in Central Michigan and, um, the path that he's taken, I think it was probably fairly exciting for him to, to have a number of teams recruit him. Uh, I certainly pulled out all the stops, guys like our friend Frank Caliendo and Hop and even your new jingle, Blake Shelton. <laughs> okay. How did Caliendo help? How did Caliendo help in this process? Uh, he probably impersonated John Gruden and said that Steve Kime had interest and made some sort of funny uh, deal. I don't know that he, what he did, but you know, he was my son's flag football coach at, and a terrible one at that, but he um, he uh, lives right around the corner from our facility and is a good friend, as you know, so he's always willing to help. Uh, that's great. Frank Caliendo <laughs> is the closer, and it is officially official. There he is, Justin James with his pen on the paper, signing with the Arizona Cardinals. God, I want to know what that contract says. Base salary, signing bonus, roster bonus, per game roster bonus. I want to dig into that. That that stuff, I enjoy. I know that I may be the only one who does, but it just really, it's it's a quest. Pete says you are. Yeah, shut up, yeah. Pete. <laughs> Pete, hey, I, hey, Pete's kids, tell your dad to shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but it tells me where the BS is. I'm always on the lookout for BS. After 18 years of practicing law, that's basically all you do is look for BS. And there's yep. so much BS in the reporting on these contracts. I just want to know what it's really worth. I'm yeah. just curious what it's really worth. I so know I am. Whatever curious. it is, yeah. Whatever it is, they got it done. Blake Shelton, Frank Caliendo. That's awesome. Kurt Warner, Jim Hart, Mel Gray, great, great uh, uh, Dan Deerdorf, oh, uh, man. great Cardinals from yeah, the past right. involved to get J.J. Watt to sign. Not, not, not really. But if you pull out all the stops, it's a great point. He'd never been recruited in his entire life. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think he was a walk-on at Central Michigan. I think he went to Central Michigan because he wasn't recruited by a Big Ten school and walked on at Wisconsin. The story about being the pizza delivery boy and all of that. I do think he went to Central Michigan on scholarship and played tight end and wore number 82. Yeah, yeah. And looked nothing like he does today. Well, no, no. But that's, you know, again, there's a lot of stories like that or, or guys that are like that that just, you know, they continue to grow and become, you know, Neanderthal beasts late into high school, early college career, and all of that. And, yeah, it is unbelievable when you look at pictures of him back at Central Michigan to pay, compared to the human he is now, uh, definitely. But but I think that is, that's a really cool story, and I think it just speaks volumes again to how much they wanted him. That that just shows you. I mean, the fact that Steve Kime was, you know, getting Caliendo involved in all of that and, and having, you know, pulling out all the stops – uh, there was a real wanting there, and I'm sure that J.J. Watt really felt that like we just talked about, and that, that always makes things easy as a player, man. When you know you're going to a place that likes you, wants you, believes in you, it allows you to 
you know, be yourself. And they're just, it allows you to go out and play because they know who you are. You don't feel like, oh, I got to do this or I got to get a little better at this to prove that. You know, he, he, he has that instilled in him anyway. So now he's not going to feel like he has to prove that to certain people who don't know him in the organization. By the way, 2007, Central Michigan, J.J. Watt wears number 82, plays tight end. Who wore number 27 on that 2007 Central Michigan team? Wow. 27 that year okay and it's a it's a it's it's not antonio brown or no no that it is it antonio is brown. wow play the horns wow it's antonio brown yep man so he was so, like a freshman probably team. that year or something right same team for one year and i don't know why he wore 27 although at the college level far less anal than the nfl is about what numbers guys can wear as long as it's an eligible number it doesn't matter if you're a receiver running back quarterback whatever but number 27 uh was Antonio Brown at Central Michigan, 82, J.J. Watt. They did not retire 82 for J.J. Watt at Central Michigan. They did retire number 99 for Marshall Goldberg of the then Chicago Cardinals, who played for the team back in the 40s, took a break for three years to serve in the Navy in World War II, then came back and finished his career. J.J. Watt talking about the number that was retired, unless it wasn't, 99. Back in circulation for the Cardinals. Here's J.J. Watt. When finally made the decision on Arizona, I looked at the roster and saw 99 was open, so I was excited about that. Um, and then I later found out from a different high school friend, this is Evan, so my whole, my whole high school friends and everybody's involved in this. So uh, Evan told me that 99 was actually retired um, and that Marshall Goldberg uh, told me the whole story on that. So I was I said, oh, that's great, because he had a great story. So I was already looking at other numbers and options. And then this morning, um, when I saw the report uh, about Ellen and her words uh, that they would like me to wear, I was touched. I was literally, it, it was, I, I felt gratitude and thanks, because I thought that was a very special thing for them to do, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for it. First, we appreciate that Justin James Watt reads PFT, because that's where he, I would suspect, saw the report about the family member wanting J.J. Watt to wear the number. But and look, I want to be clear here. I spoke about this last night on PFTPM, very candid with my beliefs. I've written about it, tweeted about it. I have no less respect for J.J. Watt for doing this. Yeah, I would have tremendously more respect for him if he had passed. I have no issue with the family of Marshall Goldberg for saying, go ahead and wear the jersey, because you could say, hey, a lot of people know the story of Marshall Goldberg now that didn't. I, Fine. The team is in charge of the number. And my point is this. It's very simple. You know, life is complicated. Life is nuanced. There are very few things in life that are simple. And when you set aside a number forever, you're setting it aside forever. If you're not ready to do that, don't do it. Just don't do it. Be like the Raiders, who never do it. Be like the Cowboys, who never officially do it, although unofficially nobody's ever going to wear number 12 again because of Roger Staubach. But if you're, if you're not going to honor what it means to retire a number, then just don't retire numbers. It's not like they, they're the Yankees and have 20 numbers retired. It's Larry Wilson, Pat Tillman, and a few other guys who have never been in my kitchen, whose names I can't remember. But... <laughs> But and, and Marshall Goldberg at 99. And hey, for, hey, I didn't know Marshall Goldberg was from Elkins, West Virginia. I didn't know a lot of things about Marshall Goldberg. I didn't know he wasn't in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
He's not. They tried to get him in in 2006, seven ish didn't get in. So, uh, great. I, I know more about Marshall Goldberg. Football historian like you, probably happy to know that too. That doesn't change the fact that if you retire a number, it should stay retired. I mean, th th this is a precedent that can apply to any number that's been retired by anyone because if there's a guy out there that you want badly enough on your team, Chris, you can make the exception. There, you can say, well, 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 and the family said, it's okay. What the hell else is the family going to say? No, that's the, we have a that, story about true, Steve right. Largent. He got squeezed by the Seahawks to give number 80 back to Jerry Rice. He didn't want to do it, but he said, it would have been small of me to say, no, you can't do it. Right. No, I the the player, the ex-player, the guy that's had the jersey retired, you know, the family, you're right. That's the first thing I'll say. They're, they're in a no-win situation. When that gets brought up and the organization just doesn't squash it, they really have no other avenue unless they're just co comfortable of hearing the backlash and all that kind of crap and doing that. But I, I will play the other angle of kind of what you said there. You know, the Goldberg family, they might really be loving this right now. They might, you know, it's again, it's another way of, hey, look at grandpa and great, great grandfather. And we're talking about him. He's in the news and see, see grandkids. I, you know, or, or kids, I, I told you grandpa was, you know, an awesome football player. Look at this. And now this guy's going to do that. So, you know, there is something there to that. I understand your point, but I do think that family could, could, could be saying that same thing as well. Now, you know, when it comes to the player itself, it's tough. You know, first off, players are uh, creatures of habit. They are. You know, they're they're into uh, – I'm blanking on the word I want to use. You know, they – but superstitious. Thank you very much. I couldn't get that out of my head. Way to go, Pete. Way to go. Uh, they're you, super you almost were hemming and humming there. I, I was. I couldn't figure out what the hell that word was. Superstitious, though – is is a real thing with a lot of football players in the NFL. And I'm sure he feels like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't even know what it's going to feel like to play another number. I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer in 99, and there is that aspect as well. So it's a tough thing. I hear your point. I don't think it's a make-or-break thing. The number's still going to be retired when he gets done. It's still going to be there, you know, and he's going to have that memory. And I think there's there's some value maybe in the Goldberg family really loving this and the attention that, you know, the grand grandfather, great-grandfather is getting out of all this. So 100 years from now, yeah, if the Yankees acquire some shortstop that wants to wear number two, it's okay to say, well, you know what? You know, I know. Hey, everybody's learning about Derek Jeter all over again. So hey, we'll listen, go ahead and unretire If the New York two. Giants and and let's let's just hope that's never day never. Phil Simms number eleven's retired, right? You know, hey, I might be the first jerk that goes, "Oh, hey, big time quarterback, you wanted to come to the Giants?" Where no, the Sims family has declined. <laughs> I don't care about the social media heat. No, you might. I might be the first if I get to say in that, and I don't want that day to come, of course, because I love my father very much. But yeah, I might be the first one to go, "Hey, oh, hey, yeah, superstar quarterback." Nope, find another number. There's lots of other ones. <laughs> But my point here is yeah. it's the obligation of the team to be the grown-up in the room when something like this yeah. is going on. And 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 I, I was a little irritated about that yesterday. And when I start expressing my irritation and I hear things from people connected to the team like, well, you must really hate Michael Jordan then because he unretired multiple times. Like, don't make that, don't make that that comparison. Uh, an individual deciding to unretire is dramatically different from a team saying this number is forever retired yeah. until it isn't. 
And, and that's the point. And you could make this argument for any retired number for any retired team. And, and you know what you could also do? You could see a situation 150, 200 years from now, whatever, another reason not to retire numbers. But let's say there's some rival baseball league that pops up to, to compete with MLB. Yeah. Some new brand of baseball. And they got some phenom that MLB has a chance at getting, but he has one request. He wants to wear number 42. Right. What do you think MLB is going to do 150 years from now if that comes along? They're going to say, well, you know, everybody's learning about Jackie Robinson again. Yeah, we retired the number for every team permanently, but, you know, yeah, the family said it was okay. Yeah, no, I hear you, Mike. Mike, your your point is very real. It is. Uh, it, it's certainly – it's a good discussion. It's perfect for a show like this and social media and whatever else. But, goal, it, hey, it – if the Goldberg family's cool with it, I'm cool with it, even though I know it's a, t- a tough situation. And you're right, it, it should be a little bit more on the team to kind of draw that concrete line in the sand and say, nah, we retired it. Let's try to find a new number. I didn't like it when Peyton Manning put the squeeze on Frank Puka to wear number 18 in Denver. I didn't like it when Jerry Rice and or the Seahawks put the squeeze on Steve Largent. I don't like it. I don't like it because if it's retired, it's retired. And if you're not willing to make that permanent commitment, that, that is the ultimate commitment. That is, that is truly and literally forever if you're doing it right. If yeah. you're not willing to do it, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just don't retire numbers. Don't, you can put the guy in the ring of honor or whatever the equivalent name is. You can immortalize him in some other way. But when you're setting a number aside, that's a pretty damn big deal. That's a hell of a purchase. That's a lot more than a house or a car or a marriage. That is forever. Unless, unless it isn't. It's not. That's, yeah, right. that's the key. Yeah. We're now at the point in the evolution of the sports industry that we realize it re- when, we re- when we retire numbers, they're, they're, there's, there's always that little asterisk applied to it. We probably should take a break at this point before we get into other topics. Okay. We're going to have to kind of reconfigure the outline for today because we spent more time talking about Justin James Watt, brother of Trent Jordan Watt. And also Derek John Watt, who doesn't go by DJ. Why did he have to be different? TJ, JJ, DJ. That would have been perfect, (laughs) but he had to be different. Yeah. I wonder if he hemmed and hummed about that. I wonder, too. That would be be interesting. I don't know how that worked out. Yep. All right. Let's let's take a break. Uh, We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. 
You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The oddsmakers have not yet bit on the concept of Russell Wilson playing for another team in 2021. Our friends at PointsBet still have Seattle as the next team with which Wilson will take a snap, minus 1250. That means you got about 1250 bucks to win 100. Las Vegas next at plus 450. The Saints on the board at plus 750. Cam Jordan, longtime Saints pass rusher, drafted the same year as Justin James Watt, 2011. First round, just like Justin James. Cameron Jordan was on ESPN's Get Up yesterday. The topic of Russell Wilson going to the Saints and the Saints' chances of winning a Super Bowl came up. Here's the conversation. The last couple of years, you've looked at our defense. We've turned a page in our defense that have made us more complimentary towards our team as, as a whole. And the one thing we had been lacking, you know, prior to the last couple of years was our defense. Now, if you give us a guy like Russell Wilson, because Drew has retired, because he has deemed it so fit, Say I would it. take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat. That's you know, it's a no Do you win the Super Bowl? I think I think we've always been. Do the last you win the Super Bowl? So, absolutely. But that's that's my that's my vision year in year out. That's what I'm waiting on. Okay, no, I like that. You say, I want you to say it, Cam. No, Greeny, don't let him off the hook. Yeah. Cam, if you get Russell Wilson, do you have a Super Bowl ring? I believe if Russell Wilson plays the way he did at the beginning of last season, and he plays that way throughout the whole season, absolutely. You know, they tried to get him to be unequivocal. And he ultimately was, but there was some equivocation in the commentary from Cam Jordan. First of all, we got to have the let Russ cook, not the let Russ crap the bed that we saw later in the year. Did you catch that? Well, yeah. If, if Russ right. plays like he did early in the year, all year long, we'll win a Super Bowl. That was that was caveat number one. Caveat number two was Cam Jordan's wired to always have the opinion that his team's going to win the Super Bowl. So. Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, whoever, he's going to feel that way. Yeah, no, agreed there. Agreed. I mean, yes, and, you know, he makes that, you know, like a little comment about, you know, the guy that was on fire early in the year. And, you know, they didn't play Seattle this year. He probably didn't – I don't know how much he got to see them on crossover film, but I think if he watched, he'd probably start to realize, like, damn, you know, again – it's it's basic. It's simple. We know what they're doing. You know, we went up there with Teddy Bridgewater last year and beat them there in Seattle. So, you know, there's 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 there's, you know, more to it than just Russ crapping the bed. I don't like that aspect. He didn't crap the bed. They they fail at times to help I, I him know. out. I know. I know you don't. I'm I agree. Saying, I know. I'm just so I'm just pointing that out. But I do think it's interesting. And I mean, he did seem excited and light. You know, he lights up when he talks about it. And then I believe we've seen, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, have his little social media comments and things on that. You know, to me, it's just more signs that are pointing towards like the players, the things we've heard Sean Payton say, they all think it's done. Like they're, they're moving on. They have moved on. It almost seems like, but we just haven't got that final word of it's over yet. And I think we're all just sitting here dangling, waiting, waiting for that to happen. Four weeks. It's yeah, been right since Sean Payton with us when he was doing his pre Super Bowl media rounds said we expect an announcement in the next week to week and a half. So somebody either had some bad information or was given 
some bad information, but here we are, and we still don't know, and I, I, I don't know why. All I know is we don't know, and the Russell Wilson speculation is going to continue to persist, and I do appreciate that these star players have kind of gotten together and decided which days of the week they're going to take over. And now that J.J. Watt had Monday and Tuesday, we can get back to Russell Wilson on Wednesday and try to figure out what his destination is going to be. And also, will Drew Brees ultimately retire, Chris? Cam Jordan could find out the hard way if there's a trade done that he's not going to be there in New Orleans to potentially win a Super Bowl. I think all options are on the table if you're going to make the move for – Russell Wilson, including if the Seahawks really want Cam Jordan, you trade Cam Jordan. He did not appreciate it the other day. When, I love that gift. He, when, when it came up on social media, the possibility of him being in the trade package. But yeah, this could be the ultimate be careful what you wish for. The Saints are trading for Russell Wilson. And you, Cam Jordan, have been traded to Seattle. Well, it, there's there's definitely would be certain guys on that roster that you would think, yeah, they're going to have to trade up there. I mean, the Saints... The big thing that just comes to my mind, and hey, do I think Sean Payton would like Russell Wilson and his offense and do those things? Certainly, yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson's special, there's no doubt. But I, I, I just look at them right now with the state of their salary cap and all those issues. Wow, do they got to make some moves and stuff. I mean, they're like, they're in like way, way Troublesville right now. Can they make it all work and then take on a Russell Wilson and I, that's where I just go. I, I don't know. That's where it, 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 I, I'm. I'm confused, and I don't know if that really happens. And really, I don't know if this is a realistic thing altogether. Uh, I don't. You know, just because, of course, we know Sean Payton loves loves Taysom Hill uh, and his what he brings to the game. And really, their team is built with that offensive line and Kamara and the things they can do to play some Taysom Hill football. To play that, you know, Lamar Jackson ish. You know, we'll pull guards and get behind Taysom Hill and play that style of football. They are built right for that right now, this second. So that's where I just question it a little bit. I don't know if it can realistically be done. Well, it all comes down to how much Sean Payton likes Russell Wilson. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Right. Because if Sean Payton really likes Russell Wilson, if Sean Payton feels about Russell Wilson the way that it's been documented he feels about Patrick Mahomes and felt about Patrick Mahomes and was ready to take – Patrick Mahomes if Andy Reid hadn't cut the line by one spot to get Patrick Mahomes four years ago if Peyton feels that way about Russell Wilson then you make the phone call to Seattle and you say tell us what you want yeah what do you want tell us what you want because you know I've said this before they may want some of the guys you're thinking about cutting anyway yeah sure oh you want that guy oh I'm not sure we can part with him oh okay if you insist just what do you want? Tell us what you want. And it may be that they you're on the fence about this guy and this guy, and you're thinking you're going to move on from this guy. But the Seahawks want that guy. All right, fine. Right. You take that guy, we'll keep this guy. That That's why it's if the Saints are ever going to do it, Chris, yeah. now's the time to do it so you can do it and, and either include guys that you're otherwise going to cut or – Keep guys that you would have cut, but that you now want to keep because you gave up somebody else to get the deal done. Yeah. But if I if I really like Russell Wilson, if I'm Sean Payton and I really like Russell Wilson, I do it. And you know, I, I remember remember I know it was it feels like it was a lot longer ago than it was. Remember when we actually had highlights? Yeah. When we had Patrick Mahomes and we really broke it down Love and Russell days. Wilson. It it dawned on it dawned on me. 
There were simpler times. They actually weren't. Uh, it dawned on me that Russell Wilson is Patrick Mahomes without those hair-on-fire moments, that Wilson strikes so fast you don't appreciate what he can do, that Mahomes, there's a build-up, there's a wind-up to it, and you get excited and you start to get on the edge of your seat. With Wilson, it happens before you can get on the edge of your seat, but he's capable of doing a lot of the same things. It just happens so damn fast you don't appreciate it. If If that's what Sean Payton thinks, that it's – you know, similarities between the two guys is just a matter of putting them in the right offense, and I can do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You tell, hey, hey, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, tell me what you want. I, I, I hear you. I do. I mean, Russell Wilson's special. He really is. I'm not going to say he's, he's Patrick Mahomes right now, though. I do think there's a difference there. I do. I, I will say that, and I got no problem saying that. I think there is a gap between those two football players. Uh, so that worries me. Hey, listen, all the it, just in pure football too. As much as Russell Wilson's awesome and all those things too, you know he is 32, 33 years old. He has taken a lot of sacks. I do think he slowed down a little bit running, running around and doing things like that this year. So hey, there might be you know that aspect you have to balance if you're really evaluating him and doing those things. But when it comes back to the Saints too, like Mike, you know, yeah. You know, we know draft picks, they're going to have to trade that. You know, the Cam Jordans and the Michael Thomases of the world, like if they were to try to trade them, I mean, that's still a ton of dead money on their cap. I can't imagine that. You know, so, yeah, it would have to be a, a really creative formula. Maybe it's somebody like Marshawn Lattimore. And I don't we hear Malcolm, they're getting calls from Malcolm Brown. And maybe you could package a few players along with a few picks and try to figure it out that way. Uh, either way, the one thing I just feel – and, you know, just from people I trust around football, like, it, like it's over in Seattle. It is over. It's over. That I don't think Seattle wants Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson doesn't want Seattle. But can they just cut the cord and deal with it this year and then really deal with the aspect of, hey, we might have to take a step back here and not be great for a year again and try to rebuild it the way Pete Carroll and John Schneider want to. And we know, like we've talked about in the past, that there has been wanting to of doing that before, a few years ago with the whole Josh Allen trade rumors and all that, the first-round pick, first pick of the draft stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe we're here at this spot with Russell Wilson. As someone who loves a good story, yeah. I'm torn. Because if you trade Russell Wilson, you have a hell of a story in the short term. But if Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, that's a gift that keeps on giving all year long. <laughs> Seriously. All year right. long. All right, let's take a break. Uh, as it turns out, Tuesday was not a good day to be an NFL player named Kyle. We'll explain next here on PFT Live. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Uh, welcome back to PFT Live. It, uh, it was a rough day yesterday, and there's nothing funny about this, but it's always good to know in advance of March 17. That's the silver lining. A couple of Kyles released yesterday. One we saw coming. Kyle Rudolph, yeah. the Vikings tight end. Sure. Irv Smith developed last year. Kyle Rudolph, big cap number, been around 10 years. Not the kind of pass catcher with Kirk Cousins on the team that he was previously. Not a stunner that the Vikings chose to release him. I feel badly for him, though. He's a huge part of the Minnesota community, and sure. that's going to hurt the people up there. But I think he made it clear from his tweets he's still going to be involved. The one that was the stunner was Kyle Van Noy. Yes, it was. A year after the Dolphins signed him to a huge contract, it's – Rip the Band-Aid off. It's tear the name off the back of the jersey. Make the assessment. Is this guy worth what we're going to be paying him in comparison to what else we could get for this spot? And that's that. Kyle Van Noy out, and he wasn't happy about it, Chris. Well, I'm sure he wasn't. It's surprising. I don't know if it's a surprising. uh, You know, once I was shocked, too. I'm not trying to say I'm Johnny Know-It-All here. But once you start to, like, look at their roster, their team, and things like that, I think you can wrap your head around it. Van Noy, of course, is there. Hey, he's a good football player. Also, it's like, hey, let's instill our that New England culture. He knows what I'm all about, as in Brian Flores, and he can help my defense and do all of those things. Now, you know, they have... They probably want to get in free agency and make some big moves. Maybe the Deshaun Watson things on the horizon. You know, there's those issues, let alone... They got talent and some players at the position, and it's a position that I think Brian Flores has a knack and an eye for as coming from New England to find more guys that maybe are less value or they can draft and things like that. So I think when it came to that, they thought, all right, is the value really worth for what he means to our team and according to what we got on the roster already? And they had some guys come to the top last year and play pretty good at that position, and I think that ultimately led to him going. No sacred cows in the NFL. It's a year-to-year proposition. Never assume that you're safe on any roster unless you are a true shortlist superstar. You can be gone at any given moment. We saw that yesterday, and we're going to see it again and again as we get closer to March 17. Full hour of PFD Live still to come. We'll be right back with Chris Sims, quarterback draft rankings. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 